Well, good morning, everyone. And welcome to worship. Good to have everyone here. And if you have not yet noticed, uh, you can look up in the tree and see our Easter goose still nesting up in the tree. Still no babies, no goslings. Um, <clears throat> it's coming soon, though. So we're getting closer. Uh, this coming Wednesday, uh, we start our Bible study um, again over in the fellowship hall. It starts at 10 o'clock. You are all welcome to join us if you are free at that time, uh, 10 o'clock in the morning on Wednesday. <clears throat> you may recall that in our prayers uh, almost every week, uh, as we pray for our missionaries, uh, the Shalhoubs in the Middle East and North Africa, uh, Kamel and Badia Shalhoub are from Campbell, uh, the Campbell-Saratoga area. And uh, I got a note from Kamel this morning uh, <clears throat> alerting his email list, I guess, that uh, this past Thursday he was uh, driving with his wife over in the Beirut, Lebanon area and uh, started losing his vision. Uh, he said he was very happy that his wife was in the car with him. They were able to pull the car over, uh, went to the hospital, and long story short, he had a, um, a vein in his head that had burst. So he, he has lost some of his peripheral vision, but his, uh, his attitude is very good, and it remains to be seen how much he will regain of, of that vision. Uh, we will remember Kamel in our prayers this morning. Uh, it is good to have in our midst this morning uh, James Moore and Carol Cooper, did I get that right? Uh, over here, uh, from St. Timothy's Lutheran Church. Uh, they are here on behalf of an organization called Village House. You may have, uh, <clears throat> you might recall seeing it in the bulletin. It's been on the announcement page the last several weeks. There's information on the announcement page uh, that will be good for you to look over, but James will be sharing with us uh, midway through the service. And there's also a table out in front of the church during our fellowship time. I invite you to stop by and uh, learn more about Village House and how you can be involved. So thank you both for being uh, with us today. Please do check the, that announcement page as there's more information there, um, including scholarship application deadlines, uh, trust fund seminar on earthquake preparedness. Not that we ever have earthquakes here in California that we have to worry about that. Uh, there's an altar guild appeal there's news about the Youth Recognition Dinner coming up later in the month and the Congregational Meeting in May. So please uh, take a look. Happy birthday today to Ginny Groneveld and to A.J. Flint. A.J. turns 28 today. I was told by his grandparents that he is in Hawaii celebrating with his parents. How awesome is that, huh? 27 years. And uh, anyway, so we will remember both of them in our prayers for today. Good to have you here this morning. I invite you to stand as we begin with our call to worship from Psalm 95. The psalmist says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. Almighty God, we come before you today as the psalmist uh, encourages with hymns and songs of praise and joy. 
And it is because of what you have done for us in Jesus Christ our Lord that we do so. Uh, scripture tells us that we love because you first loved us. We pray that we would uh, recognize not only your presence, but a full measure of your love and grace as we meet together this day, that we might be fully empowered and strengthened for service in your world. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice indeed and join together in our opening song, Open Up Our Eyes.
congregation may be seated. I invite the children to come forward for the children's message. The good news we just heard, we are not alone. Uh, God is with us. You may have heard it said before that God plus one is a majority. God plus one is a majority, or one plus God, I should say. Morning, kids. How are you today? Good. Uh, has anyone ever seen a caterpillar before? You've seen a caterpillar before? Has anyone ever seen a butterfly before? Of course. You've seen caterpillars. You've seen butterflies. Do you know that a caterpillar turns into a butterfly? You know that too? Do you know that there's an in-between time between when that caterpillar becomes a butterfly? It sort of wraps itself up in like a sleeping bag. Yeah? And a what? A white sleeping bag. Yeah, like a white sleeping bag. And if you looked at this white sleeping bag that the caterpillar sort of wraps itself in, it would look like, it would look like what? Not yet. It would look like it's almost has no life at all. It's all wrapped up. It looks like it's asleep or like it's not even alive. But something is still going on inside there. Big changes are being made, and pretty soon it will come out of that cocoon and turn into a butterfly. This is, uh, this is one of the signs of the resurrection of Jesus, also as the butterfly. Now, up in the tree, we see our goose up there, right? You want to wave hi to the goose? Yeah, you can wave hi to the goose. That goose actually, I think, can see you and looks at you. This morning when I came into the empty sanctuary and turned on the lights, the goose was looking at me. He, he saw me walking around trying to inspect, she saw me walking around trying to inspect to see if the goslings were hatched yet, but not yet. They're still inside the shell. But there's something going on inside there. It's not just lifeless. There is life going on inside, and those goslings are going to be pecking their way out, and pretty soon probably next Sunday, we'll see them up there, okay? We'll see them up there in the nest. So just like the caterpillar that goes into its cocoon, just like those goslings still inside the egg, not yet out, there's stuff happening, but it's not quite there yet. Well, this morning in the Bible, we're going to look at Jesus who appears to his followers, the disciples. The disciples are kind of like that caterpillar, kind of like those goslings that are not yet fully, in, fully alive. They're not yet fully alive. The disciples, the followers of Jesus, they saw what took place on, on Friday when Jesus went to where? The cross where Jesus died. And they were so wrapped up in the cross that they couldn't get into their heads that Jesus was really alive, that Jesus was alive again. But they would continue to learn about Jesus, continue to make sense of who Jesus was and what Jesus had experienced. Now, they didn't have it all figured out, but they were learning. That's kind of like you guys in Sunday school too. You're still learning about Jesus. There's some things you know, but there are other things you don't know yet and you're going to learn. And I would tell you that there's no better place where you can go to learn than Sunday school. There's no better place where you can pay attention and really listen than in Sunday school. 
because you learn the, the most important thing ever. You learn about God's love that's shown to us in Jesus. And then one day, things will start happening, just like that caterpillar coming out of the cocoon, turning into a butterfly, just like those goslings inside the egg. They're going to come out, and we'll see them, and they're going to look so different. That growth will happen in you, and others will be amazed at what takes place in your life. So let's have a prayer together, and I'll send you to Sunday school. You can pray after me. Dear God, thank you for your amazing love for me and the whole world. Help me to continue to learn who you are and your amazing grace. Amen. Okay, thanks for coming up, you guys. You can go to Sunday school if you like. Or back to your seats. Bye. There go our little goslings. I invite the congregation to stand as we continue with our confession and forgiveness. We read in Holy Scripture in 1 John... If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hearing this promise, let us take some moments of silent reflection before God. And now I invite you to pray along with me. Gracious Lord, we confess that we have not lived as you would have us live. You have created many and various gifts and abilities in each of us, and you have called us to use those gifts for your glory and to build up your kingdom. Instead, we have used our gifts for our own glory and to build our own kingdoms. So often we have lived our lives as if you were not even there. Through our actions and inactions, we have hurt others and ourselves. Forgive our sins and empower us to live as you would have us live. Amen. Our gracious Lord has heard your confession and in Jesus' name forgives you all your sins. Through the power of forgiveness, you have been made whole again. God has freed you to use your gifts and abilities to encourage and to build up one another. Amen. Please be seated as we continue with our worship.
to see God's fingerprints and nature all around us. Uh, in addition to that, of course, we have the witness of Scripture. Our next song, Who Am I?, is one of my favorite songs that we sing here in worship. Uh, it has some good theology in it, not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. Let's sing. Because of who you are 
that calmed the sea would call out through the rain and calm the storm in me. If you feel that way this morning, if you feel that there is a storm raging inside of you, it is my prayer and my hope, my confident hope, that Jesus would reassure you of his presence, that he claims you as his very own. We continue with the prayer of the day. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, we have celebrated with joy the festival of our Lord's resurrection. Graciously help us to show the power of the resurrection in all that we say and do. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And it is my joy and pleasure to invite forward at this time James Moore, uh, from St. Timothy's Lutheran Church. He's here on behalf of Village House, and he will tell you more. You can just stand right here, James. Thank you, Pastor Derek. Good morning, everybody. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10. So each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So I'm James Moore, and I'm the director of Village House at St. Timothy's Lutheran Church over on Camden Avenue. So St. Tim's has joined a network called the Village House Interface Shelter of Hope, which is a broad-based organization of local faith communities that was created in January of last year to provide rotating year-round, overnight, and daytime shelter for 15 medically and emotionally fragile women living out on the streets. Our calling is to provide love, compassion, Christian fellowship, and shelter to these vulnerable women as they work through programs that are created to provide stable housing, medical and psychological care, sustained sobriety, uh, and in some cases even reuniting them with families, which is really special to watch. So St. Tim's opened its doors middle of last week uh, as an overnight shelter to house the guests through the month of April, uh, culminating on Wednesday, May 2nd. In addition, San Jose Christian Reformed Church, who's next door to St. Tim's, Monday uh, has volunteered to partner with St. Tim's to open their doors as a day use center Monday through Friday, beginning tomorrow, April 9th, and also running through Wednesday, May 2nd. So I am here on behalf of the Village House Network to ask you to prayerfully consider volunteering at the day use center at San Jose Christian Reformed Church. There are Three shifts of two volunteers each day. The shifts run from 7 a.m. to 11 a.m., 11 to 2.30 p.m., and 2.30 to 6 p.m. And we have 116 volunteer spots to fill for the Day Use Center. We've got 64% of those spots already filled by volunteers from different churches throughout the network, but we could really use your help. 
Now, the volunteer duties are really easy. You simply sign in the guests as they arrive from St. Timothy's, the overnight shelter, in the morning. Allow them to rest in the cots that we provide. Um, put out snacks and beverages, although they'll bring uh, bag lunches with them. Just be available to them. Uh, provide support and companionship. Um, participate in scheduled activities like games and crafts, movies, Bible study. Basically, just show the love and compassion that the Holy Spirit fills each of our hearts with. Now, as easy as it is to volunteer, signing up is also easy. All you need to do is go to our website at www.stlcsjvillagehouse.org. Sounds complicated, but that's St. Timothy's Lutheran Church, San Jose, villagehouse.org. Click on the black day use volunteer button. That'll bring you to an app that I understand you're all familiar with called signup.com. That will give you a full menu of the volunteer opportunities uh, with corresponding dates and times along with the job descriptions for each of the two volunteer positions. Um, all you do is follow the prompts. Well, you probably know. Click on save and you're in and, and sign up will send you a confirmation of the spots you signed up for. If you prefer evening spots, we have 662 volunteer spots for the overnight shelter. We're about 75% of the way full there. But you're welcome to sign up for those at, Saint, to the, at the St. Tim's Overnight as well. Any volunteers that have signed up, you'll be contacted by our church administrator who will um, ask you to submit a volunteer screening application uh, to do a simple background check through Protect My Ministry. Uh, also, Carol and I will be out front after services, Pastor Derek had mentioned, and we'd be happy to help you sign up and answer any questions. Um, there's also a... Um, volunteer training video on the website I just mentioned, uh, in addition to the operations manual for the day use. So if you'd like to jump into the website and check out those two under volunteer resources. Also, there'll be a summary of everything I've just given you this morning in a handout out at the table, so I encourage you to stop by and grab one of those. There'll also be contact information for a couple of volunteer coordinators that would be happy to help you get plugged in. Our opportunity to serve these women is not only a calling from Christ, but it's truly a gift from God. I've been volunteering in this ministry, participating in this ministry for over two years. I volunteered at every overnight shelter throughout the network. I have seen firsthand the impact that this program has made on the lives of these women that we serve and also on the lives of the volunteers that have served them. We've been given an opportunity to show the non-believers that happen to sign up to volunteer what it really means to be a Christian, what the Christian life is all about. It's also made the churches that have participated in this, it's made their congregations closer. And I believe that it's really strengthened the entire South Bay community, faith community as a whole. So I look forward to serving with you all and um, demonstrating what it means to be the hands and feet of Christ. So thank you. James, thank you for your commitment, uh, the ministry that you're participating in, uh, good work of our Lord. Um, thank you, uh, you and Carol, 
for being here with us today. Uh, it was about a month ago that James uh, sent me an invitation to attend a dinner um, <clears throat> that I uh, graciously accepted because I like to eat and uh, participated uh, with this Village House Network to learn more about it, how we might be involved. Uh, James, with his gentle persistence, uh, continued to reach out and said, hey, I can come share some stuff if you'd like. And so uh, we said, sure, come, come over and share with us. So thank you very much for being here. Um, while I was at that dinner, uh, one of the women who has gone through this program and now is in her own apartment and uh, employed, etc., and a volunteer in the program, she got up to give her own testimony. And it was very powerful, very touching, and uh, very glorifying to God. So please stop by the table, see how you can be involved. And uh, again, thanks for being here. We continue with the reading of God's Word for today. Our lecturer this morning is Nate Sarkeesian. Did you forget? Good morning. Our first reading from God's Word is from the book of Acts, chapter 2, beginning on verse 22. The reading begins on page 1140 of the Red Bibles. In our first lesson, the Apostle Paul tells his listeners that in God's awesome plan, Jesus the Messiah was sent to earth where he revealed God to us. He was handed over and put to death, but the story does not end there. Listen for Peter's exclamation point. Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through 32. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest in hope, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You fill me with joy in your presence. Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. Here ends the first reading. Our next reading is from the first epistle of Peter, chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. The reading begins on page 1270. In this passage, the apostle Peter rejoices and praises God for his indescribable gift. In God's great mercy, through Jesus, he has reserved a place in heaven for us. This living hope can sustain us in times of suffering. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come to you so that your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be provided genuine and may result, proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Here ends our second reading. Thank you, Nate Sarkeesian. I invite the congregation to stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel for this Sunday, according to St. John, the 20th chapter, beginning with the 19th verse. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Dearly beloved of God, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. It was about eight days ago that many of our congregation gathered um, here in this space to beautify our sanctuary, our fellowship hall, and uh, the front part of our church and campus. <clears throat> it was a good time to be together, uh, those who were here. Uh, we got a lot done 
and uh, I think we had good, uh, good results from, from our gathering. But one of the things that we discovered in our work together, we were taking the Easter lilies out of the boxes, and we had a couple surprises. The first surprise is we had, they weren't all the same size. We had short lilies, and we had tall lilies. Even if you weren't there, you know that, okay? Short lilies and tall lilies. The other surprise was that most of the short lilies were already in bloom. They looked great. But the tall lilies, most of them were still hiding. <laughs> they were not yet ready. Um, but our hopes were realized the next day on Easter when most of those tall lilies came forth. Saturday wasn't their day. Things take time. There is a process. I mentioned to the kids we've been waiting for the Easter goose to finish up her duties and for the goslings to be born. Today is not their day. Um, things take time. There is a process. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus tells a very short parable, which has been known as the parable of the growing seed. Jesus says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full, full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Things take time. There is a process. Well, it is Easter evening when we open up Holy Scripture this morning, where we find ourselves in John chapter 20. It's the night that Jesus was raised from the dead. We might think that the disciples, having heard the news that Jesus was alive, having gone to the tomb themselves and looked into the tomb to see that he was not there, having heard the testimony of Mary when she told them, I have seen the Lord, we might think that the disciples would have had it all figured out, that their hearts would have been completely and forever changed. But the disciples were still back on Good Friday, as I mentioned to the kids. This was an event, the loss of their Lord, that they were still there, even when they heard the news of the resurrection. And it is into that setting that Jesus appears. For like those Easter lilies, things take time, including our faith. The disciples weren't there yet, but one day they would be. Let's pray. Well, Lord God, we thank you for the gift of faith, for the work that you have done in human hearts, for the conversion of souls. And we pray, O oh Lord, that your Holy Spirit would do his work today, working through your powerful word, that you might quicken our hearts to faith, that you would give us the assurance that you live and you are present with us, and that you would empower us to be your servants in your world. We pray now that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. You are our rock and risen Savior. Amen. We have three scenes before us in our passage for today, in our scripture. 
three scenes. The first scene, we have the disciples of Jesus together behind locked doors. The scripture says that they were gathered together behind locked doors because of fear. Because of the fear of the Jews is how the authors put it. They saw what happened on that Good Friday to their Lord and Master. And they were likely thinking to themselves, if they did this to him, what does that mean for us? And so they were there, huddled together in fear behind those locked doors. We sang that song, the one who calmed the storm might calm the storm in me. The disciples could have been offering that prayer as well as the storm was raging inside of them, cowered in fear. It is then that Jesus appears to them and gives them assurance that Easter is for real. He shows them his hands and his side where the nail marks were in his hands, where the spear went into his side, he shows them that it is really he who is there with them. Now, even though there are locked doors, Jesus is still present. This is so stuck in some people's lives, this person is never going to change. This person is so stubborn, so hard-hearted, so bent on his or her way, that this person is never going to change. Locked doors. But Jesus has a way of appearing, making his presence known, and changing lives when we least expect it. I think as we read these words today, as we read of Jesus appearing somehow, even though the doors are locked, this can encourage us in our own prayer life to continue lifting people up to prayer, in prayer to God, when we might think to ourselves, there's no chance, there's no hope, this person is never going to change. Jesus appears to them, infuses them with confidence as he shows them that he is living and that he is the one who was crucified just a few days ago. But those locked doors might also remind us of the things that we do in our own lives in an attempt to hold Jesus at bay, where we might have our secret locked places, right, that we don't want Jesus to get to, our private selves that are ours and ours alone, in an attempt to keep Jesus out. But we have just heard here that Jesus has a way of getting in. Jesus has a way of making his presence known. It's important for us, though, to think, what are those things in life, those barriers that we might erect, and why do we do that? Uh, it's a sign that there's something going on inside of us. Now, of course, at this opening scene, there's one person missing. Have you ever been in a situation where you sort of missed the boat, where all your friends got to go but for whatever reason, you had to stay home. Maybe you were sick, it was a big gathering, everybody else got to experience it, but not you. Maybe it was a special event and you had to work and your boss dug in his heels and you couldn't get the time off and you missed out. How does it feel to miss the boat and know that the boat's not coming back for you? 
How does it feel to miss these experiences? You can kind of get a sense of what Thomas went through in that bittersweet moment in the second scene where the disciples, his closest friends, tell him, we have seen the Lord. He was here, Thomas. We have seen him. You can imagine how Thomas wanted to be excited and to share that joy. As we read, the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Well, one person wasn't. Thomas was not able to be overjoyed when he heard this news. It was a bittersweet moment for Thomas because he wanted to be there too. Do you remember the scene in the Old Testament where we've got aged Isaac? Remember Isaac, the son of Abraham? Isaac is nearing the end of his life, and Isaac is intent on passing on his legacy to the next generation. He wants to pass on the blessing to his kids, primarily to his kid, his favorite Esau. So he calls Esau in to his deathbed, this old blind Isaac. He tells Esau a plan to go out in the field and and hunt for game and to prepare a meal that both Esau and his father love, that they can share this meal together and once dad's feeling good and he's eaten and drunk, he can then, then share the blessing with his son. So he sends Esau on his way and, if you know the story, brother Jacob swoops in and scoops up his brother's blessing, right? Steals his brother's blessing. When the denouement happens and Esau does what he's supposed to do, he comes in with a meal to his father and he learns that his brother has already been there and stolen his blessing. Esau's heart just breaks and he pleads with his father. Father, don't you have another blessing? Isn't there more in you that you can give to me? Do you have just one blessing, Father? What about me? And then we read, almost more tragically, Isaac opens his mouth and begins to speak, and the words that come out of his mouth are almost more curse than they are blessing. He lets his son Esau know that he will be a servant to his brother Jacob this guy who just stole his blessing. Do you not have a blessing reserved for me? I'm sure that Thomas felt that same thing. Jesus, you appeared to all these guys, but I'm left out. I want that too. And unless I get that, I'm I'm not there yet. I can't believe. I need to put my fingers in the nail marks of your hands, and my hand in your side. I want to so badly. A week later, and you wonder how long a week that was for Thomas. A week later, Thomas is with the ten. He's probably sticking like glue to them, not uh, wanting to be anywhere else uh, except next to his friends. And Jesus appears to Thomas, and he comes to him specifically, and he says, reach your finger here and see. Be not doubting anymore, but believe. And then doubting Thomas, 
gives us one of the greatest confessions in Scripture as he says to Jesus, my Lord and my God. Jesus comes back for Thomas to give him that blessing that the other disciples received. We are left maybe with the same question of Thomas, with that same plaguing doubt. It was easy for them because they got to see, they got to touch. But what about me, Lord? Do you not have a blessing reserved for me too? Indeed, we do. For Jesus says to Thomas, because you have seen me, you believe. Blessed are those who have not seen. That's all of us. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. John then concludes this section in chapter 20. He says, uh, Jesus did many other signs, many other miraculous signs, which are not included in this book, not included in my writing. Those are stories for a different day, perhaps around celestial campfires, right? Um, many other things Jesus did, but these have been written so that you may believe. What I'm giving you here, John says, is sufficient to persuade you, to show you that Jesus really is who he says he is, that Jesus is this crucified and resurrected one, and coming to faith, coming to trust in him, you will find life. There are many self-help books out there that make big promises about how you can make your life better, and how you can live a successful life. But the Bible is the book that shows us where true life can be found, the benefactor of life, and it's worth all the time that you put into it as you are reminded of the word of God. Jesus sends out his disciples and sends us out with an empowered mission to do the work of Jesus himself. These many other signs that Jesus will perform continue to happen through you and through me, his modern-day followers. Now, if you are not among those who are committed to follow Jesus as his modern-day disciple, Jesus is still recruiting. And Jesus himself will look over those applications. The benefits, as they say, are out of this world, yeah, life eternal, but the benefits are also right here and right now, life abundant in him. Praise be to God. Amen. And let us pray. Lord Jesus, we marvel that you made your appearance to the ten and then especially for Thomas. We pray that that testimony, that witness would be sufficient for us, that we would have our eyes opened, that we would see you not only in nature around us, but that we would see you visible as your modern day disciples carry on your mission, as they serve as your hands and your feet, as you continue to bring good out of evil. Oh Lord, continue to open our eyes. Help us like those Easter lilies to bloom into the fullness of faith. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. made his confession before Jesus, as he says, my Lord and my God. So we make our confession this morning using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I invite you to stand as we say the words together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. 
He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Almighty and powerful God, giver and sustainer of life, we thank you for your resurrection power made known in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we thank you for the promise of Holy Scripture that because Jesus lives, one day we too will receive new life in him. Lord, in your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for the life full of grace you have given to us. We pray that we might live it to honor your holy name. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for leaders of all nations, especially this day we lift before you Diane Feinstein and Kamala Harris, that you would empower them for service, grant them wisdom, and direct them in your ways. Instill in them a quest for your justice and peace. Lord, in your mercy. We pray that you would be with those for whom this is a time of difficulty. We pray that you would sustain the unemployed, heal broken relationships, support those under stress. This day especially, we lift before you Don Pickering, Wendy Ramirez, Don Dupre, Robert Heiler, Loretta Brewer. Lord, we thank you that you know each of these, your cherished servants, and thank you for the healing you are bringing. Remind them of your amazing grace. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for Village House and the ministry that they provide to those in this community. Continue to strengthen them, grant them wisdom, and be with those not only who receive care, but those who give it, that your name might be, might be known, and your name might be praised, and that your people might be served. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our sister congregation, Hope Lutheran Church in Santa Clara, for pastors John Sullivan and Jim Clark Moore, that you would bless the ministry taking place within and beyond their church walls. Be with Jenny Groneveld and A.J. Flint as they celebrate their birthdays this day. May they know that they are tre treasured possessions of you. We pray for the families of those who grieve, especially this day, the families of Juanita Peters, Joy, Wang Bickler, Thomason, and Aline Rodenberg. Comfort them with the assurance of your presence and your eternal promise. Word to go forth, Lord, in your mercy. And finally, O oh Lord, we pray for your word to go forth in power throughout your world. Especially, we lift before you missionaries, the Stone family in Turkey, the Pixleys in Croatia, the Wicks in Cartagena, the Shalhubs in the Middle East and North Africa. 
especially we pray for healing to come upon Kamel. May he know the assurance of your presence. Lord, in your mercy. It is into your hands, O Lord, that we commend all for whom we pray with these spoken prayers and the silent prayers of our hearts, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Congregation may be seated. We continue with our offering. Heavenly Father, you open your hands and bless us with all that is good. In your mercy, provide for us our daily bread as we bring before you a portion of what you've entrusted to our care. Create in us hearts full of gratitude, spirits full of faith, and lives full of grace. Now here in this place, we remember that in the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. We join together in singing our Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil for the kingdom the power the glory are yours now and
dearly beloved of God, this is the Lord's table. Jesus is the host of this meal, and all are welcome here. I invite you to come forward down the center aisle this morning at the direction of our ushers to receive these gifts of grace. You'll receive a wafer and are invited to reserve the wafer to, to dip into the wine or the grape juice that follows to receive both elements at the same time. the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bless you and keep you in his grace now and forever. Amen. I invite you to stand for the close of our service today. I want to thank you again for your presence here um, at church today. Your presence enriches the experience of others. So thank you for being here. And I invite you to uh, invite a friend uh, and come back next Sunday. Receive now the blessing for the journey. And now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing song, If We Are the Body, and We Are. We are. Amen.
Have a great week, everybody.